When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. I've been down here two years. It's taken me that long to just get my head around this. Yeah, you won, but you didn't win by enough. You don't like, what are you talking? I thought the idea was to win. You just explained why that's not enough. No, it isn't. And, you know, if you look at it, in my opinion, if you look at it, it hurts in a lot of ways, right? Your competitive side hurts because you want to compete to be a champion, right? That's what you play the game for. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Hi, everybody. Um, yes, that's a fact. It is the RP Show. We're coming at you live, not on Game Plus again for another day. But we are on the radio. God bless you, beautiful people down there in Atlanta. Shout out Ryan O Radio and WQEE. You can always listen live on the streams. That's what everybody does these days. WQEE, look it up. Although my Twitter is wonky right now. I try to tweet the link, and for whatever reason, it didn't go through. And for those that are joining us on YouTube Live or maybe later in the day or a month on podcast, come on inside. Welcome, friends. It's a hot day here in South Florida. Moose is with us from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And um, I'm going to give a roadmap. Darren, you don't even know this. You probably would be good if you knew what we were going to talk about on the show today. Here's the roadmap. Some NHL leftovers from last night. I want to get into the topic that came up at the end of yesterday's show and uh, didn't have time to address it. This Connor Bedard, Mark Chipman, Winnipeg media thing and even Chicago media thing. I'm not done with it. Uh, what else? Uh, Monday night football last night. I got to be honest. I was up in a 6 a.m. gym class today at Johnny O's. It's a great day, right, Rod? And Johnny's like, how about that Monday night football game? It went to overtime last night. And I'm like, oh, my God, I was watching hockey. I didn't even know who won. So we jumped out of bed and came straight here to your gym, Johnny O. So we got to talk about the Bengals and the huge upset on Monday night football. Uh, an avalanche of CFL news. So I'm going to tell the audience right now, the next segment after this here on the warm-up, we'll be de dedicating a lot of time to that. And then the NBA in-season tournament, and then we'll turn our attention with point six to tonight's NHL game. So we've got a lot to get to. Our guests today are Neil McAvoy, the general manager of the BC Lions, and Brian Prop. Proppa! 
the pride of Newdorf, Saskatchewan, or is it Lanigan? It's one of the two. He'll be with us later on. I should have worn orange today in honor of our guests, BC Lions and Philadelphia Flyers. And that's it. Director Jordan, can you hit the quick six? Show one, three, and we'll go. Yes. So that, that, Darren, we will open with the leftovers. These aren't all the NHL games, but these are the leftovers in the fridge that you go for first. You know, the most tasty ones the next day. Sean Couturier scored 355 into overtime to lead the Philadelphia Flyers to a 2-1 NHL win over the Pittsburgh Penguins on Monday night. In Winnipeg, Nikolai Ehlers and Kyle Connor each had a goal and added an assist to lead Winnipeg to its second straight win after a three-game skid. They beat Carolina, what was it? It was 2-1, I believe. In Tampa, Andre Vasilevsky stopped 25 shots for his first shutout of the season. NHL points leader Nikita Kucherov had a goal and a helper in Tampa Bay snapped a four-game slide with a 4-0 win over Dallas. And in Montreal, Centre-Belle, Sean Monaghan scored twice and Josh Anderson broke a 27-game goal drought with an empty netter as Montreal knocked off Seattle 4-2. Those were the tasty games from the NHL for me on Monday night. And frankly, I'm dying to get into this Chipman-Bedard thing. But just from the games, uh, yeah, bravo, hats off to the Jets and the jerseys they were wearing. I'm not sure if, if the Jets' jerseys were an ode or a tribute to the Canadian Armed Forces, but it was their military appreciation night last night at Canada Life Center. So everything went well, and it seemed to me like that was the game that you were watching the most, Jets beating Carolina, am I right? You're right. I watched it pretty much front to back. Um, and, and what a good game for the, well, pump the brakes. Let's say what a good game for the Jets. I mean, they won. They did what they needed to do. It took them 16 and a half minutes to get their first shot on goal last night. Um, but their second shot on goal scored. And that's been Carolina's Achilles heel a little bit as they play really well. And I don't think Rod Brindamore sits there and says, we got to, we don't really got to change what we're doing. We just got to score, you know, and they're having chances, but Laurent Brassois was having none of it. He played really well. LB. And that's what good defense. LB. Yeah, it's what good defense and goaltending can do, right? You know, you, you, you hold the fort, hold the fort, hold the fort, and Kyle Connor scores eventually. And then they played really well defensively enough to win the game the rest of the night. So bravo to the Jets. Well, uh, yeah, for now, we'll see how long that appeases their fans. But um, I'm frank, there, a lot of the games last night didn't really interest me. We do host the Cats and Bolts podcast where we talk about the Panthers and the Lightning. And I did watch, you say front to back. I watched, not front to back, I watched the first two periods of Tampa Bay, Dallas, Lightning winning 4 nothing, and then I flipped over to the Jets game. But I... I, I don't know if I'm a lone voice in the wilderness on this, but goalies, there's just too much emphasis put on goalies. Like Andre Vasilevsky was back in goal after getting shelled on Saturday in Dallas. 8-1 they lost. Last night he puts up a shutty. And what was the difference? They actually helped him. <laughs> but right now this, yeah. is not the lightning this is not the lightning team that we're used to. Even though they won last night 4-0. Just lazy offside plays, lazy plays coming back into their own zone. This is not the Tampa Bay Lightning team that we're used to. And I think there might be a little bit of the we'll crank it up when we need to mentality with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Because they're an older team and they know that they can and they always have. But I'm excited tonight for the Minnesota at Calgary game. And for our Calgary viewers, this is huge. Uh, I daily need to remind myself to just let it go because there's things I've said in the media that people don't really 
hold against me, or some do, but they're losers, so it doesn't matter. I, I just see what they're saying in Calgary with the media about how great a coach Ryan Husky is. And they love the rookies' take, Darren, of how he takes the first two periods, and whoever's playing the best plays all the third. And if you're not playing great the first two periods, you'll sit, ask Jonathan Huberdeau. And then after the game, they just forget it. They get up the next day like it never happened. Remember us talking about that? Remember me saying, is it possible that the next day you just forget it happened? Uh, do you remember that? Yeah, I do. That's what he's doing. So they're praising, they're praising Huska in Calgary, who I think, I think they went something like, was it 12-4-2 or something astounding in the month of November? And I'll just sit here and go, who was the guy when the rest of the media in Calgary was saying, sell the team, start the rebuild, this is a joke. You, you know, they were intimating that the coach sucked, and now all of a sudden he's the greatest thing. So we'll see what happens tonight with Minnesota going in there, and they're on a bit of a run uh, under John Haynes. Where do we get our Haynes on you tonight, the Minnesota Wild? Get it? Do you get it? Do you get it? I get it. Yeah. Yeah, it's the underwear Is that commercial. Michael Jordan commercials? <laughs> Yeah. So to what I'm dying to talk about in point two, from HockeyFeed.com, Darren Pang, Blackhawks broadcaster, said on the Blackhawks broadcast that Jets owner Mark Chipman boarded the Hawks bus Saturday to apologize to Connor Bedard for Winnipeg media's continuous questions about made-up rumors in the Corey Perry situation. We all know what he was talking about. And uh, so I went back and I did as much studying on this as I can. <clears throat> Mentioned it here on the show. And then I tweeted that uh, Mark Chipman's a good guy. I've had dealings with Mark Chipman. His daughter went to Notre Dame. He's best friends with my former boss. So I was around him there. And we had dealings together with the Humboldt Broncos. He oversaw the GoFundMe page collection donations from everybody and the way it was disseminated. And he did a great job of that. Mark Chipman's a good man. So after very quickly word got to him that Connor Bedard was being forced to answer all these uncomfortable questions about a ridiculous rumor uh, in Winnipeg. So as the Blackhawks were boarding the bus to leave town, uh, Chipman outside the rink stepped on the bus and apologized to Bedard. And I don't know, I'd love to hear from the Winnipeg people how you feel about this because it was a Chicago reporter. I think his name is Mark Lazarus from the Athletic Chicago. Clark, do I have that right? Or the Tribune? Is it Mark Lazarus, or do you know? Yeah, he tweeted that this is not a Mark Chipman's business. He does not speak for the Winnipeg Independent Media, and a, an apology was not warranted, if I may paraphrase. And I, it's in my commentary today, Darren, where there's a major divide between the media and the teams, and it's wider than ever. I think uh, COVID really reinforced that. And they're not coming back. And I think that it was wrong. And the interesting thing was, sorry, Clark, to call you out or specifically ask you, do you, or even you, Darren, do you know who the reporter was? Because I was led to believe it was, might have been a guy that's been on this show with us, on our show, that was really leading the uncomfortable line of questioning. And Because I, I still don't know. It was inferred to me yeah, that don't. it... You don't? Do you, Clark, do you know who the guy was leading the parade on the Bedard questioning on Saturday? Okay, you don't? Okay, well, that's fine. Yeah, none of us know. None of us know. It was basically just Winnipeg media. Yeah. So if somebody watching there in the Slurpee Capital wants to let us know who it was, fine. 
Uh, they're referring to that this guy had a podcast, and we know a few people in Winnipeg that have podcasts, so um, he wasn't apologizing on behalf of the media. He was apologizing on behalf of their town and on behalf of just the whole Jets thing because they run that town, that you need, had to go through this, so I apologize on your behalf. Do you have a take on this, or am I barking up the wrong tree entirely? No. <clears throat> um... A, the reason why none of us know who the reporter was is that's not what we do, right? I mean, speak for us, but speak for myself and I think for the rest of us. When we see this, our, our first reaction isn't to run and try and figure out who the reporter is so we can out them and shit on them, right? That's not what we do. So that's why we don't know who the reporter was. And it doesn't really matter who it was, to be honest. Um, for the sake of this conversation too, Mark Chipman going on the bus. You know what? I admire it. You know, he wants, you know, Bedard to say, look, you know, I don't want you to think this poorly of coming to Winnipeg. I want you to be happy when you come here. You shouldn't have had to deal with this. So on behalf of the town and our organization, we apologize. You had to deal with that. But the divide between the media and the teams, you're right, is big. Look, all the teams have in-house media now. Jets TV, Leafs TV, Flames TV. They all have in-house media. And they know they're not going to get hard questions from in-house media. They're not there to break salacious news stories. So they enjoy dealing with them. But because nobody's telling the, breaking the news, the news reporters still got asked the difficult questions. So then the divide is even worse, right? And you get annoyed when you have to deal with outside media because you're going to deal with your in-house media. And they'd rather keep everything on their own platforms. Yeah. And I think that's where the divide is. Yeah, Sorry to cut you off. I, I don't think Joe Blow cares about that. I don't. Reg Dunlop writes in and he says, that interview was overblown. It was Connor's facial expression that caused the issue. He answered and then it went on. Reg says, Paul Friesen and Sean Reynolds asked the questions. And that's the thing. I'm like, well, if it was Sean, he's been on this show a lot. A regular, he's what I would say a pretty good friend of ours for certainly a wonderful um, working acquaintance. But when, you know... Why ask it at all, let alone the fact that it went on and on and on? So uh, John Ohm, and I'll ring the bell later, says the media needs to be more sensitive. I know they are doing their job, but dot, dot, dot. So I didn't watch the clip in question. I, I was shocked it was answered, that it was asked at all, and that if it was picked at, that's just wrong. And I guess more than anything, I'm always the one in the wrong. Always. I'm used to it. Maybe I'm the asshole here. I don't know. I'm used to that too. I mean, I do remember in Calgary, Arnie Jackson, the great Arnie Jackson, the chuck wagon announcer, said to me about a year ago, he goes, Rod, there hasn't been a guy come through this town that bridged the sports people and the media like you in 25 years. And I said, well, that's not really my goal. It's just I hang out with the sports people and I hang out with the media people. Why not bring them together? Let's all hang out. That's how I would think you would bridge something like this. But maybe they don't want to. Um, Phil uh, writes in, says, I'm with Chipman. You get the chance to ask questions to potentially the next big thing and you want to talk about a rumor? This is hockey, not TMZ. And, uh, and John goes on to say, put your feet in Connor Bedard's show, uh, shoes. And Red says, by the way, the interview's on TSN. Look, I'll take people's word for it. I don't need to go to TSN. 
the fact that it was asked at all by anybody, it was inappropriate. I apologize if that's offending anybody, but how would you like if somebody was asking you about a stupid rumor about your mom that was false? How would that feel? That's what John's saying, and that's all I'm saying. Have a little flipping empathy, which I understand. I'm pounding oats up a dead horse's ass, so I'm going to move on. I just wanted to get that off my chest. I'm with Mark Chipman on this. And by the way, if I may go one step further, I tweeted yesterday that I'm with Mark Chipman, and he is a good human, which apparently is a disappearing trait. And some guy came at me for the fact that Chipman didn't fire Kevin Shevelday off after he was implicated in the Blackhawks scandal with Aldridge, the uh, assistant coach. And I uh, was like, look, I know how owners look at things. Why would he hurt his hockey team, the Winnipeg Jets, for something Chevy was investigated for by the NHL for 10 years prior in Chicago and was found to have had no wrongdoing? Why would he hurt his own team if he really thinks he's doing a great job with the Jets, which he does? So again, this is where narrative can get you fired, but it's up to people with a strong backbone to stand up to that, and uh, clearly he's one, Mark Chipman. Anyways, we have less than a minute here. I'll point this out. Point three, Jake Browning threw for 354 yards and a touchdown in his second NFL start, and the Cincinnati Bengals stunned the Jacksonville Jaguars 34-31 in overtime Monday. Browning also ran for a touchdown as the Bengals won on a Monday night for the first time since 1990 on Evan McPherson's 48-yard field goal in the extra frame. And the Jaguars lost quarterback Trevor Lawrence to a right, angle, right ankle injury late in the fourth quarter. That's three points through the Quick Six Show topics. We're going to break, come back with three more, including more of the NFL story, a lot of CFL, some NBA, which includes our poll question today for Keato Group. Our guests are Neil McAvoy and Brian Propp. We'll be right back on the uh, No Game Plus today. Ding. Ding. WQEE Radio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube Live. After it on a Tuesday, it's episode number 1135 of your favorite daytime sports talk show, radio streaming, no television today, but will be later in the week starting Wednesday. I'll tell you that Kirk in Toronto has written in 902-518-3033 is the Sober Carpenter text line. And he says, hi, Rod, RP show preempted for cash cab reruns from 2008 and pickleball you want to hit the bell clark he he said it cash cab reruns today whatever it's their network it's their network okay so don't tell me tell them you don't think we want to be on and our hockey coverage is brought to you in part by common crown brewing company turning your everyday common beer into a unique and exceptional experience visit commoncrown.ca okay Hot, hot, hot. Moose is here. It's a great day. Well, he's not with me. He's in Tirana. He joins us uh, here now. And I'm going to move on. I'm sure everybody's like, thanks, Rod, to the Canadian Football League news. 
Unless you have a take on the NFL Monday Nighter, I should not. That's pretty exciting stuff. Overtime, Johnny O watched it. Evan McPherson field goal. He's great at those last-minute winning field goals. Do you have a Monday Night Football take? 31, 34, really 31 good Bengals that. over the Jaguars? Yeah, big win for the Bengals. And now all of a sudden, you show your organization you've got a quarterback that can play. I think they had written themselves off as being a team that was just going to, you know, go quietly into the night. The season was over. Now you throw, you know, you can play, but you got to stop giving the football to your wide receivers and telling them to throw when your quarterback's playing well. <clears throat> Chase had a completion, but it was for negative yards, and then Boyd. That bad interception. So they were lucky to get away and get into overtime, but uh, good win for the Bengals. Bill Edwards, watching in the Queen City, says Cash Cab is on here as well in Regina. There's another TV programming note. You want to hit the bell, Clark? And uh, again, I just sit here and talk. It really makes no difference to me whether we're on Game Plus or not. It, it actually doesn't. Not to me. It doesn't change my life one bit. No. But if people have a problem with it, I suggest they go straight to Game Plus. Don't, 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 don't tell me. I know. We know. Allie, in segment one, we covered all the NHL stuff earlier, including the uh, Dallas Stars getting blanked in Tampa last night. If you want to rewind, if not, if you want to sit here and hear our Canadian Football League coverage, that's cool too. I've had so many people say to me, both in Canada and the U.S. You're not going to grow the show in the States if you keep talking CFL. And I said, we're not trying to grow the show in the United States. We're not trying. It's growing anyways without us even trying. Right? I got to talk about the Canadian Football League stuff because that's why a lot of people came here today. And I'm stepping out of the comments, by the way. So you're not going to get my attention here if you write in now. Three news items from the Canadian Football League. And they're all pretty big, specifically to those that are involved, uh, those involved in those stories. Mark Mueller has left the Calgary Stampeders. I've known him since he was nine. Mark Mueller has left the Calgary Stampeders, where he was an offensive assistant and has been or will be named the offensive coordinator of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders under the new head coach, Corey Mace, and his staff. I can really confirm it because I talked to Mark. It's happening. He is a member of Canada's royal football family. He's the grandson of Ron Lancaster, the greatest rough rider of them all, who's not with us anymore. But Mark said his whole family's very excited. He's heading home, where he was a star player with the Sheldon Williams Spartans and the University of Regina Rams. And there's been coaching pretty much since. Um, it just was the day was always going to arrive that Mark Mueller was under the employee of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and it's here now. And the, the, the side story of that that I would be interested in your take on, Darren, is when one door closes, one opens. Um, it was reported, and nobody wanted to say it, but that Mark Mueller had his play-calling duties taken away by the Calgary Stampeders last season when they were struggling. When it happened, I'm not really sure. But they took away those duties, and obviously, uh, I guess the head coach, Dave Dickinson, took over. Now, I was on the radio in Calgary last Thursday, uh, or whatever day it was, uh, and talk they're the voice of the Calgary Stampeders, talking about all of this with Jock Wilson, the pre- and post-game host. And I said, I don't know, Jock, that, this is just what I heard. 
But did Mark have these duties taken away by the stamps this year? And Jock's like, mm, well, mm, it was intimated to them. Mm, well, I, I think you can say yes. I don't know why it's such a big secret and why nobody wants to talk about it. I don't know. We all love Mark, and if it's true, why can't we just say it? I don't know. And does he leave Calgary with his nose out of joint? I, I don't know. But where is your, how do you come back from that? I guess you don't. You go to Regina for a uh, promotion. You go home. You see why he's so excited. So isn't that interesting how that all played out, Moose? Oh, yeah, it is. And there's so much that goes into this. Like, I'm a big Mark Mueller fan, too. Um, I don't know if he's going to be a great offensive coordinator because we've never seen him in that role specifically, although Colin plays in Calgary. Uh, he handled a lot of those duties. But, you know, sometimes a fresh start's what you need. I mean, I'm, I think it would be a tremendous amount of pressure to be sitting there with Dave Dickinson and John Huffnagel looking over your shoulder when you're making play calls, um, let alone when things aren't going well. And then if things start going well, then you're like, okay, uh, this is what I want to call, but what do they think? And I'm trying to call plays based on what they think would be happy, and I'm not maybe working free and confident and doing what I think is best. So sometimes it's better when it starts going south to get out of that situation, get into a new situation where you're comfortable, confident, free, you know, and, and start fresh where everybody's positive. Um, the one thing that is interesting for a first-time head coach to have a first-time offensive coordinator, that will be a, an interesting thing to follow. But I think, you know, you got two bright, well-respected guys in Corey Mace and Mark Mueller. But, man, they're going after this with not a lot of experience, right? So uh, we'll see how they round out the rest of the staff. Hey, where's Jeff the Stamps fan? The day that we sit here and talk about the Stamps, <laughs> he's not here. You know? Um, for those that need to hear it, Pay attention. Sometimes to further or even just continue your career, you need to move locations. And that's what's happening with Mark Mueller. Now, I'm watching what's going on uh, with the Ryder Nation. It's my home province. Was with the team for 20 years. And this isn't getting universal thumbs up, this, this hiring, for all the reasons you just said. Largely, I think the uh, inexperience of the head coach and now Mark, who's never been an offensive coordinator before. Um, but again, I realized this a while back. I think when Bill Belichick was going through all the, uh, uh, Johnny O's face just popped into my mind. When Belichick was going, coming out of training camp and he, he cut all his quarterbacks except for Mac Jones. He only had one on the roster and everybody thought he was nuts. Remember I was talking about that at the time? And it's like the guy has won 299 games, six Super Bowls, and he's still getting questioned. Bill Belichick, he's at the end of the line. Mark is very way back at the, almost the start, although he's been in the league for nine, ten seasons. But you are always, always, always going to have to answer questions about yourself, especially when you're in these roles. But I, I, I realized that about Belichick, and it actually made my life a hell of a lot easier to deal with. Because I mean, you're always going to have to prove yourself every damn day. 
So Mark and Corey Mace are probably getting out of bed excited that people are criticizing them and saying that they don't have the experience. They just want to shove it up where the sun don't shine. That's how I feel. And just to give it, I could sit here right now, Darren. I go to my thing. As a sober person, where's my app? I'll tell you how many days that I've been sober. to. 3,234 days I've been sober. There are people still expecting right. me to fall. No, no, no yeah. thank you, thank you. But uh, every day, you got to get up and prove yourself in that world. And in, in, in life, you do. But I'm just saying with Mark Mueller, uh, he'll be fine. You know, when he was nine and was rolling around the stadium, and I'm seeing what people are saying about him, him being raised in Taylor Field. Um, we used to talk about what's he going to do in this business? And we're like, whatever the hell he wants. <laughs> people were like, he's going to be a general manager. He'll be a great head coach. He'll be a great. No, no, he's going to be a quarterback first. You know? Anointed. <laughs> he's the next one. Uh, Jeff, the Stamps fan, has showed up on cue. Thank you, Jeff. Jeff Gordon from Yorkton says, I really hope that Trevor Harris and Mark Mueller can work well together. Uh, and he's got more comments there. So that's my take on the Mark Mueller hiring. He's going to be fine. And anybody that criticizes him, you just don't know him. But guess what? We've all, we all get criticized all the time, even Bill Belichick. And the Johnny O thing, he's from Boston. I found out today, Johnny O, he interviewed, he interviewed Don Cherry for a school project in 1978. But he was at Framingham State, taking media and communications there. Uh, oh, Johnny's got all the stories, Darren. And so we were talking about Belichick and how they got shut out 6 nothing on uh, Sunday by the Chargers. And I said, if it was anybody else, he'd be fired by now. And Johnny O, who's 63 and looks a lot like Vanilla Ice, but ripped. You're going to meet Johnny O because he's coming on the Cats and Bolts podcast. He told me his name was Bait. That was, his nickname was Bait back in the day, Darren. I said, Johnny, tell me. Why'd they call you bait? He goes, well, Rod, the women really like me. So the guys would invite me to the parties because the women would come if I was there. And he was very humble about it. He wasn't bragging. <laughs> it was the women loved me, Rod. So the, the guys called me bait. I'd show up at the party and all the women would come. True story. <laughs> and he says with Belichick, he goes, you don't fire a guy like that. You don't fire him. What you do is you go to the end of the year and you just say, now, look, Bill, it's been great. We won six Super Bowls, but it's over. So we're going to need you to step away. And he's been running a gym for 40 years. John Ohm says, get Johnny O on the show, Rod. I will. Uh, he's coming on cats and bolts. Johnny O. But he's just. <laughs> He's got a, photo, a, a, a painting of himself up on the wall in his gym, just shirtless. I thought, I thought it was vanilla ice. Because that kind of stuff doesn't really turn me on. I didn't look at it real close, but then I got looking at it, and I'm like, that's Johnny O with a, with a, with a do-rag on. <laughs> Anyways, we still got, uh, we still got, uh, we got to talk about Tommy Condell named the offensive coordinator in Ottawa. Willie Jefferson signing a one-year deal with the Bombers. The NBA in-season tournament. Just before we get to Neil McAvoy, I should say. And is he logged in, by the way, Mark? Is he logged in, Neil McAvoy? Uh, not yet. Okay, the poll question today, by the way, for Key Auto Group is, are you into 
the NBA in-season tournament. At the Key Auto Group, you can buy with confidence knowing that they provide reports on all vehicles they sell. Get fully informed about your next vehicle by going to keyautogroup.ca. And uh, for me, it's a no, dog. You, Darren? Uh, yes, sir. It's yes, a no, no, dog. Yeah, no. Okay. And that's fine. That's fine. Because guess what? The NBA is not in us. So we're good. Uh, I'm following. No, I'm not following it. I'll read you the scores, but I'm sure as hell not watching it. I'll see you in hour two. Later. Co-GM of the BC Lions. Neil McAvoy joins us next. We are live on YouTube Live today. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your southern home of sports and talk, WQEE 99.1 FM. It is the RP Show. It's where CFL fans come to talk. NHL fans, too. And wouldn't you know, college football, as we learned yesterday. We're going to talk uh, ball now. Our good friend Neil McAvoy joins us, co-GM of the British Columbia Lions. Good to see you, Neil. Sorry I missed you. Great cup. However, Darren Moose DuPont tells me that you guys did make acquaintances there at Grey Cup. How'd that go? We did. Um, we missed you, though. I totally agree. It was, it was a nice event. I was at the media event Wednesday night, and uh, we had nothing but good things to say about your show and uh, your uh, exclusive European trip down to the south. So it's great. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I very much appreciate those kind words. Sorry I missed you, but I can guarantee you I'll be in Vancouver in 2024 to watch the BC Lions against somebody uh, in the Grey Cup, somebody from the east. But, Neil, I, let me, the first thing that popped into my head was this. You know how these, these rivalries are born as playoff meetings, and you guys must really detest the Winnipeg Blue Bombers by now, I, I would think, given the past few years. I don't know if the words detest. Uh, I, I, I appreciate what they do. I, I really like the way their their football team continually wins. Uh, and you know, one thing I'll say, I, I, you know, and I don't tell them this, but they're actually good guys too. Like you know, it, it's 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 <laughs> it's easy to uh, you know hate players that you know are mean and uh, maybe a little bit too cocky. But the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are a good football team, and uh, we're trying to be. Uh, like them, and uh, we're trying to build something like they have. But um, getting over the hump to beat them in Winnipeg is one thing. I'd like to play them in Vancouver for a Western final with 55,000 screaming football fans in their ear and uh, see how uh, see what it's like. Well, maybe that's coming. Maybe that'll happen this year. But you, uh, the Canadian mafia you're referring to, by the way, Dave Dickinson really gets a pass on... <laughs> people letting him slide and calling the bombers that back in the day but you guys were that for us i mean come on oh four oh five oh six we couldn't get past you guys um that's you know those were fun days too neil riders and lions yeah, I, and were. i can tell you we detested you don't tell me you didn't detest us i'd be very disappointed carl kidd roy shivers those were great days man 
Yeah, that, you know what? You're right. Good days. Uh, Paul McCallum sticking it right through the upper. I mean, missing left. Whatever happened that day, I forgot. A lot of good, lot of good memories. A lot of good memories of uh, you know those big, big games against Saskatchewan. There's no doubt. There are those that say the days are gone. That you'll never fill that place again. And I don't believe that, Neil. I don't believe that. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I mean, yeah, I, to fill it, yeah, I mean, it's tough. There's 55,000 football fans have to get in there. You need time to sell it. You need to, uh, you know, become, like in those days we were winning and we had the Western final wrapped up, you know, three, four weeks before the event. So it gave you that amount of time to sell it. Like if you if you just get the Western final or the Western semifinal a week before it happens, it's just logistically really tough to sell because you're starting from zero. It's not like the season ticket campaign, which starts, you know, now, and then you have until, you know, June to sell it. Well, this, this event, you don't know sometimes if you're going to get in it. And then, you know, seven days later, you're, you're playing a game. It just, it's tough. But uh, yeah, I, I can see us selling. If we, we get a Western final, the fans in Vancouver have spoken. They're excited about this football team. We're excited about them. Um, you know, the, you know the, the, the way the Canadian Football League always has been. It's a roller coaster. Uh, we were down at the bottom, but we've crept our way up the hill, and uh, we're excited about uh, this football team going forward and our fans being behind us. Well, and no, I mean, I can't give you guys enough credit for what you've done. You came in there at the bottom, this regime. And I've been, we've all been watching it from the outside and cheering you on, quite frankly, because you guys are good guys too. But just one last thing, like, was it? Tell me the year. I think it was 04. It was the last year of the regular season. 55,000 were in there. Regular season game, Neil. And Spurgeon win. Did he not yep. hit G Roy on a 55 yard streak to win the game, to clinch first? Yeah. And two weeks later, we had 55,000 again. That actually happened, yeah. right? I know. Yeah, you're right. I'm looking at a picture of it right now. It, it, you know what? Those are. The world has changed a little bit, though. I mean, you know, even the when the National Football League is going to smaller boutique stadiums, guess what? The Canadian Football League better start thinking about that too. So, you know, the days of the 60,000, 70,000 people coming out to a football game or any event uh, might be over. But we're certainly going to keep on building. We're certainly going to keep on uh, expecting and hoping our fans come out, which I know they will. And uh, we're just going to keep on doing the best we can to put the best product on the field. All you can do is keep winning, right, and, and putting in the work, which you guys have done on the foot, on the field and off. And I guess my next question is I'm dying to ask you about Touchdown Pacific. What about it was not covered this week with the announcement? Like, I, and that's another thing I want to be at is Labor Day. You don't want to be in Florida in the summer anyways, so I'd <laughs> love to be in Victoria for that. Um, tell me about that and how excited you are. Yeah, do you know what? It's something different. It's something that, uh, you know, uh, bringing, you know, just like Saskatchewan, we are the football team of the province, not the city. And so having the game uh, in other cities throughout the province is something that, you know, uh, Amar and Dwayne and, and the Canadian Football League wanted to do. So uh, we, we've seen the success of the touchdown series in other provinces. And so now it's our turn to uh, put on a show in Victoria to show the rest of uh, the country and the world, quite frankly, that football in Victoria is going to be exciting and uh, we're going to put on a good show and, uh, you know, produce some winning football over there too. 
Well, I think it's amazing, but I have questions. I've only been to Victoria for hockey, so please tell me what are their football facilities to host an event of this size? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's questions that we're going through right now. I know the uh, city of uh, Victoria is excited about having us, and they, you know, they the stadium that we're playing about at has put on some FIFA events, has put on, you know, professional sporting events in the past. So uh, I expect, you know, once we get there in, uh, you know, when we play in August, that uh, things will be top notch and up to speed. Um, it's a grass field, so that's going to be one thing. Not, you know, not uh, you know half grass, half turf. It is full grass. So, you know, going back uh, old school, playing on the grass, which which our players will like. And so, yeah, I, I expect it to be a good event, and uh, we're going to play Ottawa and give uh, you know give them the, the most we can to uh, you know put another W on the on in the win column. Have you divulged in attendance yet, or is that a big secret or capacity? <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm not sure yet what that will be. I know that there will be, it'll be, you know, a lot, lots of people. People are excited about it, not just you, but even in Victoria and and in the Lower Mainland. So, you know, um, I, I think right now it holds between ten and twelve thousand, and I think uh, hopefully we can uh, put some, you know, more numbers in there. But oh. uh, yeah, I mean, there, it, it's like any event. You gotta, you gotta. You know, put work into it. You gotta work at getting the people out there. You gotta work at make making them excited about it. And uh, the announcement last week was just the start of the you know um, getting this event off the ground. And you know, it's not only that we got Great Cup coming up. So lots of exciting things happening in football in the province of British Columbia. One of them also is that being what the soccer team our, plays? Uh, no, they play at a different spot. There's a different. There's a stadium close by. Um, this is the stadium in downtown Victoria. The old soccer team, the uh, Victoria, I forget what they're called, that played in the Canadian Soccer League against the 86ers. That's where they used to play. So this stadium has held professional football events. And I cut you off. I apologize. Sorry. What were you going to say? I was just going to say, you know, big lots thing. of great things happening in the province of British Columbia football-wise, one of them being that, one of our minor football players is the new head coach of a team in the great province of Saskatchewan. So uh, I'm just excited about football in the province and the fact that we can uh, lend you guys some players or, and, some, and some coaches to uh, you know, make, things, uh, make things right. The day is here. Port Moody's, Corey Mace, yes, of course. And uh, hey, I got to say this, Neil, lastly, I love every CFL stadium. Old, new, I don't care. They're all fun. But that Tempire, temporary empire back in the day, Neil, that was the bomb, man. You know that. I, and and I'm, people are going, why can't we just throw that up in Halifax? Throw that up in Victoria. That was so, yet it's Gra Grouse Mountain, right? In the background, you had the view of that and some great ball games there. Is it clearly not easy to just uh, whip that together or, or no, that takes lots sense. of time and lots of energy to get that up. Um, and I appreciate you saying it was a great, great stadium. Overlooking the Lions, the team is actually named after the mountains that that stadium looked at. So people think we're mountain lions. We're actually mountains that are shaped like lions. So uh, that, that part oh. of the stadium was all great. But yeah, uh, I, I don't believe that the, the stadium of Victoria is going to look like that. There is infrastructure there that we will build around. But I agree that stadium in, in, uh, in X, you know, Empire Stadium was, was a good Empire 2, I guess they called it, was better than Empire 1, I've heard. I've only been to Empire 1 when I was a kid, but 
Um, <laughs> yeah. All great memories. Yeah. Playing Saskatchewan, playing all those good teams. Just a great league to be around. And, uh, you know, always our fans are happy to uh, play whoever we play. Yeah, those were great memories. Tempire, I like that nickname of Tempire. Hey, Neil, if the football thing doesn't work out, clearly you can be a city of Vancouver tour guide on the, on the double-decker bus with a mic because clearly you know everything there is to know about Vancouver. All right, man. Happy holidays. I appreciate the time. I appreciate the time as always. Let's do it again in the new year soon. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Good luck. Have fun. Great show. All right. Thank you, pal. The co-GM of the BC Lions, Neil McAvoy. We'll be back with a sports update and audience takeover right after this. We are live on Game Plus TV. No, not today. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube Live, and your southern home of sports and talk, WQEE 99.1 FM. Hey, this one's a quickie, everybody. I'll do the sports update and then get in as many comments from you as I can. Uh, sports update, Canadian soccer legend Christine Sinclair bids farewell to her international career tonight in an emotional farewell against Australia in Vancouver. Some 45,000 fans were expected at BC Play Stadium, which is being renamed Christine Sinclair Place just for tonight. The 40-year-old Sinclair has scored a world record 190 goals during her 23 years with the Canadian National Women's Soccer Team. I like this one. The Canadian Junior Hockey League announced Monday that the Flin Flon Bombers have maintained their hold at number one overall in their latest top 20 rankings fueled by Gatorade. Continuing to top the table in the 12-team Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, Flynn Flon is on a 10-0-1 heater and has an SJHL best record of 23-1-2. Slotted number two in the nation are the reigning Centennial Cup champion Brooks Bandits of Alberta. Despite a narrow double overtime setback Sunday, the Ontario Junior Hockey League leading Collingwood Blues stay at number three in the weekly listings which are compiled by an independent scouting service. Coming in at number four nationally are the front runners of the Manitoba Junior Hockey League, the Steinbach Pistons, coached by my good friend Paul Dick. And capping off the top five in the 122-team CJHL are the Trenton Golden Hawks of the Ontario Junior Hockey League. You can go to more at cjhlhockey.com, but I love my junior A, as you know. Um, and I got some exciting news that involves the Peterson family and NCAA. We'll get to it next hour. Sports updates brought to you by Common Crown Brewing Company. Turning your everyday common beer into a unique and exceptional experience. Visit commoncrown.ca. And for Landmark Cinemas, in Landmark Cinemas now, Silent Night from legendary director John Woo and the producer of John Wick comes this gritty revenge tale of a tormented father who witnesses his young son die when caught in a gang's crossfire on Christmas Eve. Silent Night redefines the action genre with visceral thrill-a-minute storytelling in Landmark Cinemas now. Moose will be with us next hour. 
And we'll be looking at tonight's NHL games and a whole lot more after this brief pause. Stick around, everybody.